Welcome to the Carnivore Yogi Podcast. This is a special bonus episode with my friend Steve Wright, who is also a gut health expert. We talk about his qualifications in the very beginning of this episode. Now, this is a talk I did on YouTube with Steve about a week and a half ago, and I really enjoyed it so much that I wanted to go ahead and put it on an audio-only format for you guys. It's funny, I have one audience over on YouTube, and now I've created this separate audience here over on the podcast, which I completely, completely love. I really created this podcast this year because I felt that I was being censored by YouTube and Instagram, and I wanted a platform where I felt that I could speak a bit more freely. So I promise more of that will be coming up in the future, especially this week's episode, the episode coming out the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. There's going to be a lot more of that that I hope you guys will stick around for. But for this episode, Steve and I really did dive into the gut and hormones and how those two things play on one another. If you have issues with your gut, more than likely you're going to be experiencing issues with your your hormones as well. And Steve and I talk about how he goes about helping clients to kind of close that feedback loop to heal the gut and balance hormones at the same time, which I definitely think can be done. We talk about how the body ages and it happens for men and for women, how we lose stomach acid and what that looks like. I mean, you, you can say all day, oh, I have low stomach acid or I think this person has low stomach acid, but what are actually the symptoms of that? Uh, besides not being able to absorb a lot of the minerals and the nutrients from your food, it could also look like that you really can't eat a bigger steak, that if you eat a few ounces of meat, it just doesn't go down as well, that you don't feel as well, or you have an issue with fat, which is really a lot of people that listen to my work, they experience issues like this. So I really hope that you guys enjoy this episode. Now, all of the products that Steve and I talk about are gonna be linked in the show notes for you guys. If you're listening to this before November the 30th, those discount codes will work for you. If it's after the 30th of November, you can just use the regular code. And I would recommend that you subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll leave a link for that in the show notes as well. Steve and I do a talk just about every month or so. Since it's the end of the year, we may not do another one until January, maybe take a little time off for the holidays. But every time Steve and I do a talk, we put out new discount codes for people that they can use. So if you happen to be listening to this after November the 30th, then just know that you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. There'll probably be some new codes in the new year. If you guys enjoy this episode, please do head on over to Apple. Leave me up to a five-star review. Feel free to take a screenshot of this episode and share it out on social media. I hope that you enjoy this chat and I will talk with you guys again soon. All right, and we are live. Thank you guys for coming back and tuning in. I have a recurring guest on the show, Mr. Steve Wright, who is a gut health expert. Um, there is a playlist that is linked in the information section, as well as everything we're going to talk about today. Lots of stuff in the information section for you guys. But Steve, thank you for coming on today and joining us. Sarah, thank you for having the community and the platform. Yeah, it's it's a great community. I love my audience. I love them. And I just want to continue to give them helpful information. I feel like there's so much information out there about hormones and, you know, especially my ladies that are in their, you know, mid thirties and beyond that just really, truly struggle with the hormones. And uh, so I'm excited to hear how this kind of ties into to gut function for sure. Yeah, they're, you know, it's a circle. It's like the circle of life. They, they, if the hormones affect the gut, the gut affects the hormones. Um, it's a bi-directional feedback loop. So anything you're doing in your hormones will be affecting the gut. And if you're working on your gut health, you'll be affecting your hormone health. Um, but to be honest with you, uh, they need to go hand in hand. So, yeah. you know, if someone is struggling with their hormones, they need to be working on hormones and gut. And if someone's struggling with their gut, they need to be working on gut and hormones. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. So cool. Well, if we could just briefly back up for a second while we wait for a couple people to come on, um, I see some people that are already watching. 
what is your background? Just in a brief little nutshell, I always like to intro the video just with, with you, your background. You have such expertise in gut health, and I just want to qualify that here at the beginning. Yeah, so uh, my college training was in electrical engineering, and I was, I've had gut health issues since birth and struggled most of my life with those. Uh, you know, soon after I graduated, I got a job with like a dream company, a consulting, uh, a big four consulting firm. And I was uh, trying to live like what I thought was the dream life from my childhood. And I was having all kinds of issues. I was having panic attacks. I was depressed. Um, but worst of all, I was having really intense bloating and uh, it would make me cry every day. Mm -hmm. And so I had all kinds of accidents on buses and missed dates and, and all kinds of things. But all the doctors I saw and, and the world that I was in in Chicago at the time was like, just suck it up. You're a man. You know, this is your family history, IBS. You know, you can you can figure this out. And so uh, I tried that. But then my boss uh, was like, hey, you're, you're stinking up the office. Your, your oh, coworkers man. are complaining. <laughs> so you have to do something about this. So um, luckily, I had a great friend, Jordan Reisner, who was actually also basically dying from celiac disease. Uh, mm -hmm. The gluten-free diet wasn't working for him. Turns out he needed to remove a lot more foods and go on something called the specific carbohydrate diet. He convinced me that I should give that a shot. Uh, it really alleviated much of my symptoms in like a week. And it just, you turned all that pain and anger and frustration in, and I was able to channel it into something else. Like, holy cow, I can take personal responsibility here and do something that doctors are not able to or unwilling to do for me. And no one else seems as uh, enrolled in my own health as, as I do. And so I just took all the, the frameworks of engineering and applied it to the body and started to try to reverse engineer my way back to health. That led to uh, getting certified in functional medicine with the Kalish Institute. And um, yeah, over a decade worth of just reading journal articles, tinkering with my own diet, uh, about a you know, $400,000 worth of Oof. different <laughs> yeah. uh, procedures, hacks, tricks, things that are underground, above ground, uh, everything. So, um, and along the way, it's, it's led to me trying just to help other people alleviate their suffering, provide better solutions. You know, in the engineering world, we're always trying to yeah. over-engineer things based on risk reward. Uh, you can't build a car or a bridge that fails. That's just not allowed. And somehow in medicine, uh, you know, I feel like we could use a lot more engineers in medicine to, to work yeah. on these uh, solutions in that way. I agree. And one of my other companies I work with, Upgraded Formulas, the owner, Barton Scott, who I just had on recently, he's a chemical engineer and he works in minerals specifically. And I feel like a lot of the people that kind of figure, and we have so many chemical engineers and engineers um, that really like Dave Feldman understands cholesterol better than a lot of doctors that, that I've talked to and that I've, you know, researched. It's, I feel like chemical engineers, engineers really, really, truly understand um, the body and learn how to figure things out sometimes better than just a medical doctor, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's both and, right? They they have skill sets uh, that we don't have and, and a yeah. way of viewing the body that we don't have. And we have a way of viewing the body and a, and a skill set that they don't have. So um, yeah. it's both and, but yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Cool. Well, I have some questions for Steve and I know I see a couple of questions in the chat. So we'll try to get to those if we get through all of these. Um, but the first one is just a basic one. Like how are the gut and hormones connected? Yeah. Like I said, it, it's, a, it's like a, it's like the circle of life, you know, <laughs> what, uh, uh, what goes around comes around is literally happening. Um, and that's why so many things can influence both. So yeah. just at a super high level, uh, I don't think most people get this. And for a long time, I didn't get it, but um, for instance, you can think about progesterone as a slowdown uh, hormone and estrogen as sort of a speed up hormone. Oh. And so um, a lot of women will uh, oftentimes experience some GI upset the week before their cycle. And a lot of times that's when, or that's when progesterone is at its peak. And, yeah. and so yeah. it's slowing things down usually. Yeah. Um, 
if uh, someone is is you know having a lot of constipation, they should definitely get their estrogen levels checked. You might not have enough estrogen. So there's, there's a lot going on there. And then of course, if we start to play this out into perimenopause and then menopause, um, you know, constipation tends to get worse as we age and estrogen drops dramatically in each one of those phases. Um, and so I think there's a, a strong correlation there as well. Also, uh, estrogen helps with microbiome diversity. And so, um, we know microbiome diversity drops as we age. It's part of the aging process we'll talk about later. Yeah. Uh, so in, in general, progesterone and estrogen, like all things in the body, we want them in their, their right window of, of like perfect tolerance, if you will. And when they're outside of that high or low, it causes wacky things. And this is why, uh, for instance, some women are like totally fine until they hit perimenopause and then IBS just goes off the, or IBS or their gut goes off the rails or women have struggled their whole life. They get pregnant and all of a sudden they're like, I can eat anything. I can eat dairy. Yeah. Again. And so anytime we really modify these, these estrogen or progesterone levels, uh, the gut is immediately affected. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think people understand the whole, you know, progesterone estrogen thing and how these levels, a lot of women don't understand how they really fluctuate throughout the month, like you said. And then, you know, women at 35, and I'm even seeing it younger now, it's like this epidemic of women hitting perimenopause earlier and earlier, I think, because of so much um, stress in our, our environments, improper circadian rhythms, just uh, and environmental issues. I think perimenopause is happening for, for women younger and younger now. And so um, I'm seeing a lot of these issues with women younger and younger. And it's a lot of the time the progesterone is uh, very low. And, you know, that week before the cycle hits is just hell, you know, and that's how I always tell women, I'm like, if you are the week before your cycle is complete hell for you and you're, you know, just cranky and irritable and not feeling well and the gut issues come along with that, then um, you probably want to get those hormones checked out, right? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, it's the, the, a woman's body is just highly complex. Like uh, in the, in the functional medicine training I did, uh, Dr. Kalish is really big into female hormones as well as male hormones, but male hormones are just like, um, you know, I don't want to get into gender politics, but I mean, they're literally kind of simple like men and women's hormones are, are like an orchestra. There's a lot going on and they're complex. And, um, you know, everything is a sign from the body. So if you're experiencing, you know, upset the week before your cycle or during your cycle, these are all signs your body's giving you. It's actually communicating, Hey, something's out of balance. Um, Mm -hmm. and you should get that tested and, or, and, or play around with some things and get tested to try to help it. Because what I've seen, I think what you were alluding to is like, the earlier the issues start, like Mm -hmm. if they start in your teens, if they start in your Mm twenties, they just sort of compound over time. And so, um, it seems like my experience has been when I do, uh, interviews with, with women, um, those who have the hardest perimenopause and menopause already had hormone symptomologies. Yeah. Yeah, PCOS, PMS, all kinds of things way back in their twenties. Um, and so, it's usually the same thing with IBS. Frankly, they go hand in hand. Like most people have some food sensitivities, bloating, gas, diarrhea, constipation. It's mildly annoying for, for a long time. And then bam, something changes in their forties or their fifties or their sixties. And now we're talking full blown IBS or IBD. Uh, and then it just gets worse after that. So it's, it's not that the, the body's communicating the whole, whole time. We're just ignoring it usually. Yeah. And the gut is one of those things that we probably should not ignore that most of us do. I feel like so many people are constipated or they have loose stools and they just ignore it because like you said, it's kind of this low lying, low level issue until it's huge, until it blows up. But just a low level of constipation or a low level of loose stools is a sign that there is something underlying going on with your gut, right? Yeah, a, a thousand percent, just like PMS or PCOS or, or cysts or, or 
you know, fibroids or anything like that is a, is a sign that you have something going on with your, your hormones. Um, any sort of inability to digest and be in your environment, just regular foods, um, is a sign that, you know, something's going wrong there and, uh, you should dig deeper and you're probably going to have to do something with functional medicine or integrative medicine or somebody like that to do some tests and help you unravel, uh, what's, what's the root causes here. Um, but there are a lot of things you can do and take responsibility for, you know, today that can help, uh, your body begin to heal or at least support it while you find out, you know, maybe where your estrogen levels are, where your progesterone levels are, or where your, you know, where your gut is at, things like that. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we've kind of already discussed this second question a little bit already. Um, you know, women, I feel like they're more vulnerable, obviously, to hormone change, because like you said, they're like a symphony and men, I kind of think of as more like a rock band, right? <laughs> um, and, but there's, you know, is there any way to avoid this for women, these hormone changes? It's pretty much inevitable, right? Yeah, not not perimenopause and menopause. I mean, I think the Western society, we we do a lot to avoid death and the talk of death. And, yeah. um, you know, menopause in a way is death of the ovaries. And I don't think women really are trained or taught that. Mm -hmm. And it's a big like aha when someone when you really get and you don't just hear us say this but you think about it you go meditate you're like holy cow my my ovaries are literally going to shrink up and stop it's organ failure time. we have yeah. women have organ failure in their you know mid to late 40s and sometimes earlier and no one no one really talks about it and we get to continue living on for you know decades hopefully after that so it's like we have to learn how to navigate this time in our lives um, and not feel like complete crap and have our gut be a total mess. That's my hope that, you know, we can help people out of this chat for sure. Yeah. Mine too. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, quite answer the question. It's not avoidable. We <laughs> no, no, it's, it's not avoidable. And, and, you know, unless, yeah, unless you're like, you know, trying to go to death and taxes, like the two unavoidable things, like, you know, menopause is basically not avoidable unless you're going to be on a, uh, physiologic HRT replacement the rest of your life, um, which is an all, it's a possibility and an alternative, but for 99% of women, this is unavoidable. And unfortunately it does appear that it's moving up as the generations go on. So mm -hmm. like our generation, it's happening to our, our women faster than, mm -hmm. than our parents. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, there's so much in our environment and just our, daily lives. I feel like that's coming into play there. We could talk all day about those, those things, but, um, yeah, it is definitely happening younger and younger for people. And I see more people suffering that are coming to me. So yeah, it's, and it, and it doesn't have to be painful. It doesn't have to be suffering. And, and, um, I guess in some ways listening to this conversation, in my own head, I'm like, Oh, this sounds like doom and gloom, but, um, it could be your awakening into the next level of health as well. It's not, it's not the end of the world. And, you know, there's, there are things you can do. Yeah. Let's get into that. So let's give some, uh, experience, strength and hope here <laughs> as we jump into, you know, talking about that, this is going to happen for a lot of people and a lot of people are struggling. Um, how can we navigate this? Uh, especially when we talk about the gut. Yeah. So, I mean, um, from a, from a hormone perspective, uh, seeking out not just a doctor or not just a health provider, but someone who specializes in female hormones and sees like hundreds of people. Yeah. That's one of the best things you can do. Um, they're out there and they're, they're not hidden if you go searching and ask a lot of questions before you sign up. Um, so getting some tests done on, you know, and not just one type of test. Don't just fall for this idea that urine testing is the best type of testing. Yeah, the Dutch or, test, right? Yeah, the Dutch test is fine, but it's not fine for certain things. Uh, blood serum testing is really great to go along with Dutch testing. Mm -hmm. And salivary uh, testing where you spit in vials yep. is very helpful for other things. So this idea that there's just one test and doctors who... Or healthcare providers who just rely on one test, I'm highly skeptical of. Uh, I've seen, I've seen issues in the gut health world where you where you fall into these dogmatic camps. And to be honest, uh, there 
the same thing is true with hormones. So, um, starting there is a huge thing. And if you're, if you're pre menopause, you're still cycling, this is the time to get on a bioidentical, uh, rhythmic dosing hormone replacement. If you're going to do it, uh, risk do go up if you're going to replace things later on after you're fully menopausal. And so the time to deal with your hormones is the time, the first time that you notice it and you sort of awaken to like, Hey, things are changing. Um, you can do a lot with food. You can do a lot with your gut, but you know, replacement is the only real like big gun you have or support with, um, sort of extracts and things like that. Gotcha. And how could we support the gut during this process? I guess my next question is, you know, the, the change that happens in, uh, stomach acid and, and how could we, you know, how to physiologically and, and structurally what's going on in the gut when these hormones start to shift? Yeah. So, and this is really important is that if you support one, you're supporting the other. And if you, mm -hmm. and so if your hormones are starting to go wacky or they already are wacky or they're declining, the more you can support the gut and tend to it, the, the better your hormones are going to be the longer, uh, the longer. So, um, for instance, I mentioned estrogen, uh, helps with microbiome diversity. Uh, you know, so, so anything that increases microbiome diversity is really good as estrogen drops. Typically your body will try to replace it with mm -hmm. things like cortisol or things like that, which tends to turn off stomach acid. So, um, as you, as you age, as you feel into these hormone issues, um, you know, looking at low stomach acid is a big deal. And even, even going so far as to, um, maybe if the week before your period, you do get constipated, increasing your dosage of HCL guard that mm. week only because you know, you're about to be constipated. So you can get, there's like infinite layers here as to how, uh, how much support you could give your body. But the, the more stomach acid you have, the more you're going to get nutrients. Those nutrients mm. are actually needed for hormone creation mm. and also defense of uh, basically a really solid microbiome, um, and creating that right thing, because, you know, we're not going to get too deep into it today, but there's this thing called the estro estrobiome basically is, mm -hmm. is the, how they're talking about it. And it's this idea that in, uh, breast cancer, as well as in, in other cancers, uh, there's a distinct microbiome shift that's yes. different, uh, than healthy controls. And, uh, there's also a distinct shift in the microbiome in, in menopause versus versus younger women. And so part of what's happening here is uh, estrogen, after it's used, it goes into the liver, it gets basically de detoxified, it gets conjugated, or I always get those mixed up, but basically it gets bound up so that it's not free anymore. It, it goes into the, the intestines and then... Um, you know, the spent estrogen is supposed to, some of it's supposed to go into the toilet. And there's this enzyme called beta glucuronidase, mm -hmm. which basically uh, splits that detox or that detox estrogen back open so that the body can reabsorb estrogen. And so it's, it mostly comes from your microbiome and the, the research studies are not clear yet what species exactly. It seems like a lot of them can do it. Um, but it does seem that uh, the more diversity you have, the more you're protected from having too much beta glucuronidase or too little. Because again, you don't want too much or too little. You want just the right amount of estrogen going into the toilet and just the right amount of estrogen going back into your body. Um, constipation makes this worse because mm -hmm. then it's just sitting around and you get this thing called hepatic recirculation. And so if you're headed into a phase of your life where you're going to be more constipated, anything you can do from stomach acid support to, uh, more prebiotics, probiotics, uh, you know, uh, tributyrin X, butyrates, things like that, that mm -hmm. can keep you regular, the better you're going to be no matter, you know, if you're already too high or too low on any of these things. So keeping just regular detoxification, regular bowel movements is one of the most important things to, uh, stopping the breakdown of your gut and the breakdown of your hormones that will help stabilize you faster than almost anything. Got it. I mean, so really this epidemic of breast cancer, um, and I know it's specific types of estrogen that are overloaded that can lead to the breast cancer. 
Um, if you're having a lot of constipation, if you're not getting out the estrogen, if it's backing up, if you're not really having like that phase one detox, you, you could possibly be more susceptible to issues like that, right? Yeah, it's definitely part of the, the, the cacophony of breast cancer. It's not the sole, not the sole, sole reason. reason in any regard, but it's just one factor in, in cancers. So, um, yeah, proper detoxification, proper elimination is important for all types of cancers. And, you know, there is no smoking gun here. There's no, uh, yeah. you're not going to like prevent or cure cancer just by getting unconstipated. <laughs> um, but your body has to detoxify every day. Yeah. How do we detoxify? I mean, the best, the best way I've ever described it is poop, pee, and sweat. Yeah. If you're pooping every day, if you're peeing every day and you're sweating every day, your chances of having a healthy long life are significantly increased. And that, you know, we can go back and look at how constipation is related to all cause mortality and to all these other issues. We can look at how, uh, sauna studies lead mm -hmm. to longer life. Um, you know, urination and kidney and liver, uh, function. So the, you know, detoxification needs to happen on a daily basis. And that is, if that is blocked up, as you mentioned, either phase one, phase two, or phase three, most of what we were just talking about there is considered phase three, yeah. um, which is often what's blocked. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna have ramifications that can build up. Mm. Yeah. So the, the main thing, you know, when I talk to women, especially, I will ask them, like, how often are you going to the bathroom? And if someone tells me uh, three times a week, I'm like, that's something where I would definitely recommend at least checking your stomach acid, make sure it's not low, which a lot of people, once we hit 35, we've talked about this in other uh, live streams, you know, once you get past 35 men and women, our stomach acid production goes down. Um, so that's where I would say, let's, you know, look at, let's check that out and possibly supplement with like something like HCL guard and your, and how did, how does the enzymatic function play into all of this as, as well? So, and just to double, double down on what you just said there, um, your stomach acid is basically one of the other speed regulators inside your digestion. So, mm -hmm. so typically, um, well, not typically, but the pH of your stomach and when it dumps into the small intestine, if that is off, if it's too high or too low, you're going to have speed issues the rest of the way and your body's going to be trying to play catch up. So that's why Sarah's mentioning stomach acid to start with if you're constipated, because you can do all the probiotics in the world. You can do all the fibers in the yeah. world. Um, doesn't mean that you're ever going to solve this. If you, if you do those in combination with HCL guard or another HCL product, um, you're going to be much better off trying to, uh, alleviate that. Um, so uh, the other part and why it matters is that if the stomach acid is not proper coming out of the, the, the stomach into the small intestine, if it's too low or too high, your pancreatic enzymes won't be activated. They won't really turn on They're They turn on via pH. Um, mm -hmm. as well as mineral cofactors. And so if you lose your, your enzymatic function or you lose 50% of it, now you don't harvest the, the vitamins and minerals out of your food. And then you create this further downward cycle of like, you don't have the stuff to repair and make better hormones or repair your gut lining or support your immune system. Um, you also create a buffet for bacteria to eat in your small intestine because the food should be gone. It's not gone. And so now nature just grows around it, which tends to, you know, create conditions for things like SIBO, SIFO, mm -hmm. um, candida, like all, all types of overgrowths, uh, which lead to bloating and gas and, you know, could be related to loose stools or, or constipation or things like that. So, um, getting, your enzymes correct and getting your stomach acid correct are like the basics. That's like, you know, when you're, you want to go run a marathon and you're focused on buying new shoes, uh, instead of just getting out the door and like walking a couple miles, like that's what stomach acid and enzymes are going to do. You can, you can buy all the cool prebiotics you want, yeah. but if you don't get those two right, um, you can, you can change your diet 13 times. If you don't get those two right, you're not going to stabilize the system. Yeah. And, and on that same token, you know, I have so many people that will see a functional medicine doctor that doesn't address these basic things. And they come to me with a list of supplements that they're taking. And I'm like, 
you're not going to be able to absorb any of that. You're, you're probably low stomach acid, low enzymatic function, not absorbing the vitamins and nutrients, minerals out of your food. So how the heck are you going to process all of these supplements? These supplements are not going to do jack crap for you. I'm trying to not curse <laughs> on YouTube, but it frustrates me because if you have low stomach acid and if you do not have proper enzymatic function, all the supplements on, in the world, um, you know, beyond even like the, the prebiotics that you were just talking about are not really going to be as effective for you. Would you say that that's pretty accurate? I would say it's, it's, yeah, it's like, yes. And I mean, yeah. they're, they're helpful, uh, but maybe only to a certain, a certain degree. extent. Yeah. 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 Like you're not getting your full, uh, dosage probably out of that capsule. Um, and you may need more than what you would need if you're just, uh, optimally absorbing things. Um, so it, it's, it's like one of those, I don't know if people are, have heard of this. It's more in the tech world right now, but it's called first principles. It's this idea that there's principles upon which uh, nature is built and the universe is built. And you they're like physics. You can't really mm -hmm. violate them. If yeah. you're out of alignment with first principles, uh, typically you're either wasting time, you're wasting money. You're probably going to end up frustrated or hurt or doing damage or something like that. And one of the first principles I have for health is you have to be able to mechanically break down and digest your food. And that yeah. would include your, your supplements as well. And so if you can't make the stomach acid, make the enzymes needed to break down and absorb your food, um, you're always going to be playing catch up. You're always going to be changing your diet. You're always going to be trying new, uh, new supplements. And it's not like the diet and the supplements don't work. It's just that they're not the first thing to focus right. on. They're not the first principle. They're like the second or the third order thing to focus on. Yeah, I agree. It's like, we have to start at, uh, my friend Becky's on, she just said, start at the root and not just put band-aids on things. And that's what I feel like happens with a lot of people. And they end up, like you said, spending a lot of money on things that may be half or a quarter as effective as if they would fix the mechanical issues going on with the gut. Yeah. Importance is kind of, uh, it's a, it's a common thing when you're trying to fix a car or an engineer or something like that, where you're trying to put things back together in a certain order. Um, and you're trying to look for what can you get your most bang for your buck when you're trying to, to, to sort of support things. And so failing to even test, I think that's the other thing, like everything should be a test. So yes. failing to even test uh, for instance, HCL guard or any other HCL product, that's literally less than $50 test. Oh, and, and if you go with a company like ours, you can get a refund. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Will. That's been um, so cool. I'll just like interject for a second. I have had people that I've sent to the healthy gut and all the links are in the information section. And I said, try this out. And I would say nine out of 10 people love the products and they're working awesome for them. But I have had the odd person who said, this is not what I needed. It didn't work. And you guys are like, yeah, we'll take it back, give you a full refund. And I've never seen a company, a supplement company that actually will do that, that gives someone their full money back. So yeah, back on your point, you could test out with HCL guard to see if the low stomach acid is actually an issue for you. Yeah. I mean, look, we spend so much money on, on food, on other tests, on, mm -hmm. on appointments with various healers and providers. And to not rule this out as an issue for you, I think is... Um, it's just silly. It's so simple. Um, I know that it can be a, a daunting sometimes to do the HCL challenge, but that's why I've built the best support team. Yeah. I think in the world at our company, that's why we offer our money back guarantee. Um, so to try to take the risk off, cause I know it can be a little challenging if, if you're not used to this type of experimentation on yourself. Um, but it, it's one of those things along with enzymes, like, mm -hmm. uh, these are just, like so simple, low cost tests that are like, go, no, go. They either yeah. work or they don't. And yeah. your risk is, is mostly just a little bit of time, and a little bit of effort, um, yeah. and barely any money. So, um, I, I love finding things like that. I love finding these things because otherwise you can go spend $500 on hormone testing, which yeah. you hopefully should at some point if you can afford it. Um, but the, uh, the outcomes and the protocols are 
much more complicated than just did this product improve my experience right. for 30 days or not. Um, that's such a different, uh, a, a different outcome and a, in a simpler experience. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people will say, oh, just have some apple cider vinegar or lemon before your meals. And I found that some people, yeah, that's that's going to be adequate. But most people, it's not enough um, to elicit uh, this the response that you would get from something like HCL guard. Have you seen that? Yeah. No, no. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's actually something that's, you know, people could do it tonight. Go grab the apple cider vinegar out of the, the cupboard. Take a tablespoon um, either before your meal or after your meal. Apple cider vinegar is like a, a between a 2 point, I think 2.35 and like 2.4 ish on the pH scale. Of course, your brand and where you are in the world might that might differ. Right. Um, so the stomach gets down to around 1.5, uh, between 1.0 and like 1.5 is when it sort of finishes uh, creating stomach acid. And that's the optimal time to break break down food. And then it starts to indicate to the, the, the sphincter at the bottom of the stomach to start opening the small intestine. So adding in a acidic, um, acidic liquid like apple cider vinegar is gonna help bring that pH down. And maybe that little bump is gonna, you know, Maybe you're, you're making 80% of your stomach acid and maybe just a shot of apple cider vinegar is going to get you down into that two range or that 1.5 range to really help you. Um, I find that uh, both from a biology and a theory perspective, I think that it's probably getting you symptom relief, but I don't know if it's actually getting you back to like physiologic conditions mm. that you'd want for, for long-term nutrient release, uh, proper, uh, killing of incoming bugs that are in your food, things like yep. that. So I question whether, uh, apple cider vinegar and, you know, the other thing that people do in the South, um, and I only know this because my grandma's from, from the South and, and she was doing this for me as a kid is, is, uh, Coca-Cola, not the, not the other types, but just regular Coke. Uh, with all the sugar and everything has a really low pH as well. I think it's just below apple cider vinegar. It's right around 2.3 mm. as well. And so at least for her, she would say like old grandma's tale was like, if you have an upset stomach, drink a Coke. Oh yeah, we always did that. I'm from the South too. Yeah. Anytime we were sick and throwing up or anything, it was like, get you, get that child a Coke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know if it's all, all of it around the pH, but I think a lot of it's around to just like lowering the pH, uh, yeah. of the stomach helps, helps it get back into its right rhythm. So, uh, so I'm not opposed to those tests. And, and actually if you take a shot of apple cider vinegar and you, and you have a bad reaction to it, you get a lot of like upset and burning, mm -hmm. um, take some baking soda, it'll help neutralize it. But that's, that's another cool indication that maybe you have some gastritis or an ulcer. And mm. that is definitely a time to go to the doctor and get a upper endoscopy, uh, make sure that you don't have an ulcer or some sort of intense gastritis, uh, you know, because if you can't tolerate apple cider vinegar, you're not going to tolerate HCL mm -mm. or any other HCL mm -mm. for that matter. That's actually one of the clients I had earlier this year. I had encouraged her to try HCL guard, HCL challenge. And that's how she found out that she did have an ulcer and uh, was able to go to the doctor and get treatment for that. And she had been having all these issues and had no idea. And I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> that just, it uncovered it. It was uncomfortable, but she'd been suffering with a host of other things and had no idea that that was really at the root of um, a lot of the problems she was having. So it was a, it uncovered some things for her. Yeah. And this is a great time. I, I can't get this message out there enough. Like if you're a health nerd, you're watching this show, you're, you're therefore you are a health nerd, right? You're willing to change your diet. You're willing to go carnivore. You're willing to do whatever diet you're, you're willing to invest in supplements. Um, and you're still experiencing, uh, gut issues. Do not rule out getting a colonoscopy or endoscopy yeah. because, um, I just had this exchange with another one of our community members who was like, so upset that HCL guard didn't help her and, and some other, our products didn't help her. Um, and I really encouraged her to go get those tests done. And sure enough, she had what's called a double loop, um, mm. and, and in her intestines and you can't, you can't supplement that. Like there are medical conditions. Our supplements do not treat medical conditions. They don't fix those types of medical conditions like ulcers and things like that. So, so if you've been digging for a really long time, maybe it's just one of you that needs to hear this today, but like just go get the endoscopy yeah. done and verify that that the 
that the the organs are healthy like they're yeah. they're actually in the right places they're the right size and they're the right shape because is it a very small and rare thing to have have actual gi you know deformities yes but it happens yeah um and and that can you can be chasing your tail forever uh, only to find out like oh no i you know i don't have this part or i'm missing this flap or whatever and so yeah. uh there is really good stuff that also comes from knowing that you are mechanically okay like yeah i'm like okay fine it's not you know my organs are the right size the right shape and they work okay yeah. cool now I got to go back to that food thing. I got to try the carnivore diet. I got maybe got to try some healthy gut supplements. Maybe I need to go to the therapist, work on my trauma. Yeah. You know, that can help you pivot and know where to go next to, to help your issues. I agree. I 100% agree. And it's, we have to keep an open mind with these things 100%. I mean, it's, it's just vital. Um, you know, are women more affected with low stomach acid than men, do you think? It's possible. Yeah. Um, I would say so uh, maybe because of the hormone, just the, the complexity of the hormones. Um, also, women are just way more in tune with their own bodies. Yeah. And so maybe if men and women are actually affected the same, we'll never know because so many men like myself are just a little dense and uh, not quite as sensitive and aware. Um, and so... I think naturally women are just more in their body, more in tune with their body and the rhythms. Uh, I do think more women than, than we can ever imagine are suffering with, with low stomach acid and the way in which they talk about it is, is different than how we might've said so far on the show. They'll say things like, man, I really want a steak, but I can't do red meat. It doesn't, yes. with me. or, you know, I would love a chicken breast, but I, I don't know. It just sits like a brick inside of me. Yes. That's um, so many women try to increase the meat and the protein in their diet, which is really helpful, but they literally can't, uh, they can't digest it. I would just have this conversation at, um, I was getting a blood draw the other day and the phlebotomist was complimenting me on my hair and my skin and what do you eat? And I just sell a lot of red meat, a lot of steak. And she's like, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't eat that. I just can't do it. And I'm like, probably low stomach acid and low yeah, enzymatic yeah. function. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they literally can't right now. That's yep. why without the right enzymes and without the right stomach acid, they, it literally does sit around. It does cause burping, gas, bloating, mm -hmm. un, uh, uncomfortableness, heaviness. Um, but that is like anytime I, I overhear a conversation at a conference or anywhere with a woman who, who says something like that, I'm like, Oh, that's, that's almost a dead ringer every time for, for low stomach acid, low enzymes. Yep. What would be something else that a woman might say that could implicate that as well? Um, uh, people who uh, are women who I think, I don't know. That's, that's like the most dead ringer one. I don't yeah. know if I have another one. Um, <laughs> I was just curious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because the, the reason why is that um, it's anything related to, to high protein. Mm -hmm. So any type of high protein meal, if someone is complaining about that or says they can't tolerate it, but it's a normal thing, like it's not normal to eat like a 48 ounce prime rib, like, no. I mean, <laughs> but no. we're talking about eight ounces of meat yeah. here. If you can't do eight ounces of meat, something's going on. Yeah. Um, I agree. so that, I think that's a big thing. I think the other thing is, um, typically food sensitivities. Mm. If someone is like, I can't do dairy or I can't do eggs or, you know, things like things that are more staples, uh, that's yeah. like, I can't do watermelon or strawberry, like these random vegetables and things like that. But like, I can't do nuts, things like yeah. that. I'm like, Oh, there's typically a, a stomach acid and a enzyme issue here. And then yeah. that leads to a leaky gut and it leads to a food sensitivity. So anytime I hear food sensitivity or, um, I can't do meat, um, you know, to me, that's, that's related right up to the stomach and the, and the enzymes. Yeah. My followers are, they get a little confused because I am always like posting pictures of my food. And I, for the longest time I couldn't eat egg whites, I couldn't eat cheese 
And now I'm like, geez, egg whites. I mean, I have my breakfast casserole all the time, which is like sausage, egg, cheese, heavy cream. Um, you know, I eat it cold. It's my cold pizza for breakfast deal. <laughs> nice. And and it's, I mean, my body does great with it. My, and I've, the only thing I've really changed, I mean, I've changed a lot of things, but I know that having the HCL guard and the digestive enzymes as a support for me over almost the last year has allowed me to start to eat a lot of things that I were just totally off the table for a really long time. Yeah. I mean, especially with the dairy component for, I think for your audience, you know, uh, most people have been told and trained that lactose is the issue. There's lactose mm -hmm. in the dairy and that causes your issues. And I think that that's true for some people, but I think the majority of people are actually re reacting to the casein, the protein, mm -hmm. because we know that the majority of, of, uh, food sensitivities and food intolerances are actually related to proteins, so not related to sugars. Um, and lactose is a sugar. So you can lose lactase and that's true. Good thing holozymes has lactase in it in case that's an issue for you. But I think normally the bigger things is the, the, uh, the non-breaking down of the proteins, uh, whether it's whey or casein in your dairy that ends mm -hmm. up causing a lot of the food reactions to dairy. And so if you can, uh, if you can break that down, if you can use an enzyme product to make sure you break that down, if you can support uh, stomach acid, or at least rule it out that you don't have low stomach acid to fully break those things down. Um, I've seen a lot of dairy issues go away when you, yeah. when you think about it from a protein perspective rather than a carbohydrate perspective. Yeah, I agree. I mean, my husband last night, he was like, how are you eating that? I was, <laughs> I was eating this cheese dip that I got and he's like, how are you eating that? And you're okay. I'm like, cause I've been healing my gut. <laughs> it works. I can eat cheese now and I love it. It's really delicious. So <laughs> and this is not a question that's on the list, but someone it popped in the chat and I think it's a good question. Um, and I see this a ton with women, especially over 35, that they cannot digest fat. And a lot of women are trying to do keto and they're trying to do these more higher fat diets and they really cannot tolerate the fats. And we can talk about types of fats. I'm having Kate Shanahan on the podcast uh, tomorrow just stay away from the seed oils, but the, you know, good butter, uh, tallow, ghee, suet, they can't handle those. And, and fats are like, well, they're like everything. They're, they're complex. Uh, they're like an onion, you know, you can peel back layer after layer after layer. And so fat digestion, uh, is related to bile. Yeah. yeah. Gallbladder bile release. Um, uh, but it's also related to enzyme function, lipase, um, and the ability to remove those. Um, the other thing is that people switch to keto and switch to carnivore and they're like in their head mentally and emotionally and financially, they've made the choice to make the switch, but they didn't like have a freaking business conference with their body and their gut and be like, <laughs> okay, guys, on Monday, I'm going to need you to crank up your production by 10% or not 10%, 10 times the amount of like lipase and, and bile acids, because we are totally going in a different direction and we're going to take care of this thing and we're going to be super healthy. Mm -hmm. And so instead we just make this change emotionally and, and mentally and, and financially, we start it and then the gut is playing catch up. And so, uh, one thing is just, you know, if it's in the first two weeks or so, two to three weeks, like your body might be slowly ramping up its capacity to make bile acids, to get them there. Your gallbladder might be coming back online. Maybe it had been shut down because you weren't eating very much fat. Mm -hmm. um, and your lipase production may have been uh, curtailed and, and it might be ramping up right now. So if it's the first few weeks, um, you know, get support with, with something like holozymes or just wait and, and slow down on the fats a little bit. If it's past that, um, then yeah, there's something, you know, maybe looking at some gallbladder support, uh, maybe looking at, uh, some holozyme support, um, something like that. You could try a Tudka. Some people like to, to do that. Um, it's a type of bile acid in a capsule form. Um, those types of things can help, uh, for, for certain individuals. But again, it's more of a guess and check type thing. Yeah. And I find a lot of people adding in HCL guard actually helps them, uh, to stop the loose stools when they're adding in a lot of, when they're trying to up their fat. Cause that's, People either go constipation or they go loose stools, but I've seen that help um, and also help with constipation as well, as we talked about earlier. Yeah. Again, stomach acid sets the tone. So bile acids work better when, when the stomach did its job. So yeah. 
you, you know, we have to separate the fat away from the rest of the molecules in the food. Um, it has to be in a certain bath in order for the bile acids and the lipase to work correctly. So yeah, if your stomach acid's wrong and you're having a fat malabsorption issue, definitely check that out as well. Yeah. And I think someone's saying they can't increase their HCL due to meds. I'm assuming they're on PPIs. I'm not sure. Um, what would you say to that? Um, uh, you know, it might be related to a corticosteroid or something like that. Uh, I guess the best thing to do would be to try to bridge off of use bitters in the meantime, as well as maybe some apple cider vinegar. And so, you know, bitters get they get a bad rap because they most of the time they don't taste that good and you're supposed right. to swirl them around on your tongue for like 20 to 30 seconds before you eat and they just it's not super enjoyable let's be honest yeah. um but that's one of the most effective ways to increase your natural uh stomach acid production and it's totally usually compliant with almost any situation so bitters would be the the thing to do and you got to give it a you got to go after it for real though. You got to give it the 20 to 30 seconds um, and let your, let your natural uh, digestive juices get going. Got it. Okay. That's helpful. Um, so one question I had on my list is, uh, oh, actually this is a question that just came up in the chat. I'll ask that one instead. Would acne itching and rosacea be possibly caused by low stomach acid? Uh, not cause, but part of the, uh, part of the matrix of issues for sure. Um, so, you know, rosacea is typically considered an autoimmune disease by certain individuals. Um, acne is, is, could be a lot of causes, but one of them is detoxification issue as well as mm. hormone issues. Um, and we know that stomach acid, number one is going to help prevent leaky gut. It's going to help prevent, uh, microbiome dysbiosis. It's going to help you get nutrients you need to, uh, have a low inflammatory environment. All of those things are related to, you know, typically to inflammatory issues and detoxification issues as well. So, um, anything you can do to get nutrients in the body and reduce inflammation in the gut is going to support those things. So, um, I, I would say if you don't test that and you're willing to pay, you know, a hundred dollars for a skin cream or something like that, then you're, you got your priorities backwards. So test both. Yep. I agree. And one question I did not put on the list, but it kind of just came to me is how is butyrate production and butyrate connected to, or is there a correlation or connection in, uh, this whole issue of hormones, the whole topic of hormones? Yeah. I mean, the, you know, back to the, the, the previous question around skin issues, butyrate increased production of butyrate and the, and supplementation with butyrate products tends to alleviate skin issues, uh, if done for like 60 to 90 days. And part of the reason why is butyrate so anti-inflammatory to the gut, which then ends up becoming systemically anti-inflammatory as well as if, if your skin issues or if your hormone issues are related to detoxification, um, the butyrate is going to help make sure that things are not getting recirculated as much and, and hopefully get things out of the body. So, um, and in the short run, uh, tributarnex and butyrates, uh, you know, eating fibers and prebiotics and things like that can be super helpful, uh, in the, in the macro scope. Um, remember I said, as estrogen declines, your microbiome diversity declines. Yes. Um, part of aging is, um, loss of microbiome. Uh, diversity. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that can prop up the microbiome diversity and create the conditions for a, a longer, more diverse microbiome is butyrate and butyrate supplementation. And so um, as you're aging, looking into something like a tributarin X as an anti-aging supplement is um, I think where part of where the future of, of gut supplementation is going to go, because we want to do everything we can to prevent that loss of microbiome because it's, it's actually an organ and it feeds into your immune system. It feeds into your brain. It feeds into your bones, into your ovaries, everything. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so butyrate is essential in the conversation around, um, keeping your microbiome diverse and that, that should help regulate. I mean, we don't know this for sure, but theoretically it should help regulate beta glucuronidase. Um, and it should, if, especially if you're, um, too fast or too slow digestively, it should help, uh, bring you back closer to normal as well on your elimination of, of your stools. 
Gotcha. And, you know, I know there's a lot of different probiotics. I have one that I always link and put in the information section because it's based on your own gut microbiome sample and they kind of customize it. And, um, but would you prioritize a butyrate supplement over a probiotic for this? Or would you use um, them in I would 100% because yeah. it's it's typically just the effects are, are more reliable. Mm -hmm. um, my my experience with probiotics is they're helpful. I take I take some every day. I rotate mm -hmm. a lot. Um, the uh, I just look at it from an engineering perspective. How can I can control the outcome and get better results for somebody with one recommendation? And and something like Tribunal X just gives me a lot more predictable outcomes. Um, probiotics. Whether they're, that must be Thrive. I'm yeah, guessing. What, yeah, they just changed to uh, to Ombre now, but yeah, it's the same same company. But yeah, I've been using theirs, and yeah, you know, you just test every ninety days or so, and then they'll send you a new formula based on what they find. Um, so I've had people that can't really tolerate probiotics that are to tolerating them really well, but oh, I always love to hear from from you from the other end of like, yeah, maybe they should try Butyrate um, if they're still having issues or they're not getting the result that they want from just a probiotic. Yeah. I, I, again, I think probiotics are fascinating. We'll be having some uh, probiotics products coming out in the next year oh, or two. Cool. Um, and so I'm not anti-probiotics. I don't want that to be what people think of me, but I do want to be realistic with them. And the truth is, is that we are just barely beginning to understand what the various microbiome species are and do and how their interactions work. And so probiotics seem to be very helpful uh, for, for immune support. In certain cases, they can be helpful for leaky gut. In certain cases, they're very helpful for, for constipation um, and, and helping things like that. Other times they can be helpful for bloating and sort of just stabilizing the microbiome if you're just all over the place. Um, but to me, they seem hit or miss. Like it's not mm -hmm. that, uh, I, I don't have one product or one brand. It's more like here, there's like five options. Go try yeah. them one after another. And you'll probably find one of them that you're like, Oh, this product's amazing. Um, and, and I, so I haven't quite figured out how to, uh, you know, get it so that I can be more precise with recommendations when it comes to probiotics. And so maybe the company that you mentioned is, is an option there. Uh, but the thing with, with tributarnex and butyrates is that you're, you're bypassing all that and you're going to a different level. You're just going to the short chain fatty acids and mm -hmm. everybody has a need for short chain fatty acids. That's like, it's like magnesium for your gut. Mm. Um, you need magnesium for the rest of your body. You need butyrate for your gut. And so while we're not sure which strains of probiotics might be best for you and, and how they might interact with you, we are sure that that short chain fatty acids and butyrate is, is really good for you. And so that's why typically skipping right to that is a way to stabilize the gut faster, in my opinion. And then you're and then in a better place that. to experiment with your probiotics and your prebiotics. Yeah. And if people have something like uh, SIBO, then a probiotic, if they're not supporting that could be very detrimental if they don't. And that's usually coming along with like low stomach acid as well. Have you seen that? Yeah, I know that there's, oh, I, I think, uh, well, number one, we have studies that show that if you take a proton pump inhibitor, which stops stomach acid uh, release, that your risk of SIBO is like, I don't even, I can't recall off the top of my head because I haven't seen the research in like months, but it was a north of 50%. Uh, wow. It's like crazy high if you just do one course of a PPI. So losing your stomach acid for any period of time seems highly correlated to um, SIBO and the risk of it. Uh, I'm sure there'll be more research about that, you know, coming out in the next few years. So yes, uh, protecting against SIBO, trying to keep it away, focus on stomach acid, whether it's bitters or ACV or HCL, um, the taking of probiotics with SIBO and whether or not you should or shouldn't do that. Um, I'm still, I, I still don't know. I, I still think it might be case by case. Mm. Um, you know, people are saying that you're, you're dumping more fuel on the fire there. Right. Um, and I think that's probably true for certain individuals. And I think for other individuals, it's not true. Mm. Um, and I think it's strain specific. So, uh, there are research studies being done right now, uh, where they're able to potentially combat SIBO with certain probiotics. So, wow. um, okay. it's, it's coming, uh, it's not here yet. And it's not even, I don't even think it's for sale anywhere or legal yet. You'll have to 
there'll be a whole thing with the FDA probably around that. Will it be a prescription drug or not? Um, but yeah, there, there's going to be the future will include strain specifically to conditions. And so yeah. if you have a SIBO, there'll probably be a probiotic strain, whether it's a, a prescription or not, that will help with that specifically. Yeah, there's so much interesting stuff around probiotics. We have some that I decided to buy because it was specific for kids who had autism that had anxiety. And I was like, oh, I'm going to buy that for my daughter. But they're they're still kind of <laughs> sitting in my fridge because the butyrate worked so well for her that I didn't even have to go there with her because I'm like, oh, cool. I'm always so cautious to add things for her because I don't know it could go well or it could go really bad. She's so sensitive. So it's <laughs> that specific probiotic strain that had been studied is still sitting in my fridge because <laughs> we just use the butyrate. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Cool. It's, I mean, I, I go back to the, my, my probiotic rule of threes, which is uh, any given product. I, so far I haven't found one. Maybe this new company you just mentioned might invalidate this, but uh, it seems like one third of somebody who uses something loves it, changes their life. It's the most important probiotic they've ever had. And I, I would agree with that. One third of people take it. They don't notice anything from it. It's not really helping or hurting. Um, it's probably just, you know, kind of helping and, and mostly just, you know, they could be using their, their money elsewhere. And then one third of people seem to react to them. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's probably true across SIBO as well. Uh, but you know, again, strains matter, dosages of the strains matter, uh, to the body type and what, what's happening matters. So there's, there's just a complexity to probiotics that is, um, I think we're still barely scraping the surface of, frankly, and maybe this, you know, one-to-one -one testing method will be the answer. I, I would hope that we find an answer somehow. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, I had other questions, but we're almost at an hour. So I just wanted to ask one more that I did see in the chat. If somebody was considering trying out um, healthy gut products, maybe they have some stuff going on with the gut. Would you prioritize the products in order of like which one you think would be like most helpful or is there an order in which you think is, is that they should look in? You know, we get this question. I get this question a lot. And yeah, I, I don't know that there is. Uh, it's, um, and I don't, I don't actually know if people like this or they hate this. I've never actually gotten feedback, but what I would say is use your intuition and listen mm -hmm. to your body. And that is a very non-engineer, very non-scientific way. But like, if when we were talking about red meat, you want it, but you can't tolerate it or, or, um, you know, it sits around mm -hmm. in your, uh, stomach area, or you have like a lot of burping or acid reflux. Like if we, if, when I speak about those things, your energy goes up and you get interested, I would say start with HCL guard. Um, if when we were talking about, uh, you know, like uh, adjusting dairy and, and like food sensitivities and like gas and bloating a little bit lower down in the midsection, um, you know, food sensitivities, like you got, if, if things like that were, uh, something that piqued your interest, start with uh, holozymes mm. and enzymes. And if you're like, oh my gosh, I like totally get this idea that butyrate stabilizes at the gut. It's the end product of, of much of the functions. It's the magnesium for the gut. Um, I have a lot of loose stools. Um, I have a lot of histamine reactions. I have a lot of mm. things that indicate leaky gut and or high inflammation. Um, start with butyrate and then, and then build out from there. Um, there's no right way to do it. Uh, but I do think there's, there's, if, if you're listening enough, um, and your body is speaking enough, you'll, you'll resonate more with one of those scenarios and go with that product. Awesome. Well, this has been so helpful and I hope that there's information in there. If people are struggling with hormone issues or just in general digestion, um, and constipation and all those things that there's some help in there. Where could people find you if they wanted to learn more about you and what you do? Well, we have some we have some special links uh, for your audience that have a fifteen dollars off and free shipping yep. uh, for new customers. So, um, what are those links? I don't they're in the them. information section. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have them all in the info section. If people want to use them, those coupons are good. I think through the end of this month, November. Yeah. Yeah. So HCL got HCL. 
oh my gosh, healthycut.com or <laughs> slash Yogi Holo and Yogi HCL and Yogi Triax. So that'll get you over to the right product, uh, get you the discount, the free US shipping. Um, so go go check those things out. And then after after that, you can learn more about me on the on the website there. Um, you can also watch the playlist here. There's like, yep. we're going to have 10 videos here soon. We are. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is you get to join a Facebook group if you get those products that I find very valuable because you've got extensive documents about dosing. People can post in there if they need help, um, you know, troubleshooting their dosing or just other. It's just a very, very valuable Facebook group. Yeah, yeah, we are we are dedicated to uh, trying to make sure that you have the world class support when it comes to integrating these products. And if they're not right for you, you know, we stand by our money back policy because we want you to, you know, try a different one of our products or try a competitor's product. Like find yeah. the right key to your uh, your health issues, and uh, we don't want that to be money. So yeah, I agree. Someone just said thank you both. Come back next week <laughs> with like a crying emoji. <laughs> So thank you. We will. We'll be back. We'll, we'll, um, I always stew on another topic. I'm like, hmm, what else can we talk about with, with the gut and have Steve back on? Cause it's always such great conversation. Well, thanks for having me and, and yeah. yeah, whatever, whatever they want to talk about or, or whatever you want to talk about, I'm here and you know. Yeah. You guys uh, feel free to comment if there's a topic that we have not covered. If you go on that playlist and you're like, Hmm, let's talk about this, then feel free to leave me a comment. Um, if you're watching the replay or live and, and we'll, uh, consider doing another live stream on it. So, yeah. Awesome. awesome. Well, thanks guys. We'll definitely, uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Thank you everyone. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really, really appreciate it. And again, everything that Steve and I talk about as far as the HCL, the digestive enzymes, and the butyrate supplement are all going to be in the information section for you guys. In case you want to check out any of those products, I absolutely love the healthy gut products, especially because there are people who these things don't work for. And I love the fact that you can send these back and get your money back. And so it's not a huge risk for you to try these products out. It's, it's an investment, but if it doesn't work for any reason, then you can send those things back and get a refund, which I really respect. I don't know any other supplement company that allows that type of thing. So this is why I think the healthy gut products are a great value to me and to my audience as well. As I mentioned in the very beginning of this episode, the episode that's going to come out the Wednesday before Thanksgiving is a long one. It is with Matt Maruka of Raw Optics. We talk for three hours <laughs> and I have made the decision to just put that all out at once. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And again, you can head on over to Apple, leave me up to five-star review, take a screenshot, share this on social media, tag me, especially if you enjoy it, feel free to shoot me a message. And I hope you guys have a really, really awesome weekend, awesome day, and I will talk with you again soon.